Welcome to the 222 Paranormal Podcast, starring your host, Jen and Joe. Hey, hey. Welcome, all listeners. So we have a very, very special show today. We have two guests with us. We have Chad and Blake, and they are from the Lost Cryptids Conservatory. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. It's glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, I finally get to talk to you guys. I know we had this set up for a while, and... uh Main reasons we've got an awesome conference coming up, but yeah. we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely. So I know we always ask this question because our listeners love to hear stories, but uh, tell us a little bit about the Lost Cryptid Conservatory. Yeah, basically I started this group a couple of years back, and we are researchers uh, that dive into the uh, unknown and strange activities of uh, cryptids based in Michigan, uh, but also around the world. We study uh, Sasquatch first and foremost, but uh, we have encountered other cryptids in Michigan, so that's why we are a little more of a cryptid study group. So uh, basically we go around uh, exploring the woods, trying to gather evidence, and hopefully one day uh, scientifically prove the existence of Bigfoot, but uh, these other cryptids uh, roaming around. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people, when they think of cryptids or that, they only think of Bigfoot, but there's so many different styles of cryptids and really once you get into cryptids everything else just blends together too it does, it does. tell us a little bit about the different types of cryptids outside of the bigfoot or a sasquatch that have been reported in michigan dogman that's what it's referred to but uh basically i have witnessed one myself really? and there's different reports of uh you know like werewolf style uh, uh dogman uh but the one i've seen basically it was crossing the road and at first, I thought it was a coyote because I seen the canine head. But when it got to the middle of the road, I realized it was a huge, massive wolf. Hmm. And this is lower Michigan where there's, you know, not supposed to be any wolves. Yeah. And so it started, you know, really running into the field. And all of a sudden, it just stood up on its two hind legs and continued to run. I mean, just as fast as it had been. Run on its, bi- like, bipedal? Or bipedal running, yes. Oh, wow. Just as swift and as easily fluid as it was on all four. What color eyes did it have? Did you notice? Were you that close to see uh, the eyes? Well, we were driving at dusk, but it was still bright out, and we had the uh, brights on looking for the deer, so it was reflecting off the color of the car lights, and so okay. it was uh, glowing a little bit uh, amberish. Okay. Oh, cool. Amber, okay. Um, and... Did it have a certain color to it that you could oh. distinguish? Yeah, the coat was a lighter color, you know, a whitish gray uh, with maybe some darker uh, color mixed in. Uh, very common, you know, color for any wolf or uh, coyote. Mm-hmm. But the, just the massiveness of how big it was when I realized how big it was. Um, when it, it did have a mane like a dog, you know. When it stood up on its um, two legs... Could you approximate how tall it would was? Yeah, I would say it's as tall as me or Omar. You know, it was a large wolf on uh, four legs and standing up. It was mm-hmm. every bit of six foot, okay. possibly six foot. And has there been other reports of people seeing that in that particular area? That particular area, but around the state and up in northern Michigan, there are certain spots where there are dogman, more dogman reports than yeah. Bigfoot in the area. Do you think they're singular or do they live in packs? I'm not sure, you know, how they, the canines, cryptids are. Um... So you you mean like a family? Yeah. Family group? Yeah. Like, a, you know, I mean, like, like wolves travel in packs. We know that, but we don't know right. if the dogman would actually do that or not. Any reports? Uh, well, it's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the one I seen, you know, was alone. Okay. Uh, but there's different kind. There's different kinds sighted, sighted around the whole U.S. Um, some look more uh, muscle bound, you know. Uh, this one just looked like a regular wolf. Hmm. Nothing abnormal. If it never stood up, it would have never. I've never would have thought anything other than a large wolf. So mm-hmm. I speculate there. There might be some species, different species, or something. In Michigan, we have more slender. Like the type I've seen, where yeah. Down south, there's there's bigger ones, but mm-hmm. I would have to assume that they, you know, have uh, family packs and stuff, and probably are along the lives of wolves and canines, just uh, possibly more evolved. Yeah, and it's like it, you know, you think of that too. Is we talk about dogmen and stuff, but they would have to have a family, you know, or else they oh, wouldn't keep yeah. reproducing, you and, know. And 
unless they're interdimensional. Well, right? yeah. But they have to have offspring in uh, the other dimension, too. True. You know, I don't know. And that's that's the thing, too, is and that's why your group is awesome, because you're actually doing the scientific work, not just going out and hunting for them. You're actually t- taking the scientific aspect of it. And um, I think we need more of that, you know. A lot of people nowadays, it, it's almost like a trend to where they want to go out like Bigfoot hunting, but they almost need to do it in a scientific way because we've always said that I think that, you know, and I'm sure you agree, but I'm, their senses are a lot more heightened than we are. They'll know that you're there be- way before you know they're there. Well, not only that, because of their they're out there 24-7, their senses are always uh, firing yeah. full capacity and all the time, so they're more more attuned, of course, but they sit out there and they observe everything. Mm-hmm. So they're already sitting in a spot where they can see the best vantage point for any human activity to come into the woods. Yeah. So that, that plays, and then they can decide what to do, what kind of situation uh, they will decide because they are the master of the woods. They decide what happens if you see them, if you know they want you out of the woods, uh, if they don't want to be seen or heard at all. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people get lucky and do come across unexpected ones, but majority of the time they're on top of their game Mm -hmm. yeah and i've heard you know like um i i still think that tree knocks are a warning and i've heard so many times that people up in the woods they'll have like rocks thrown at them out of nowhere now i know jen we were she was just down in tennessee and she had that happen to her Mm -hmm. but i've heard so many times in michigan where people are walking in the woods and all of a sudden rocks just fall from the sky and it's like if that was me to me, that would be a definite warning to get out of the area, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, for sure. Have you guys had any en- other encounters with dogmen where they were, I would say, almost interactive with you as far as maybe sending you a warning or being aggressive or coming at you or charging you? No, that was the only dogman interaction that we've had. Uh, we did have a thermal hit up north mm-hmm. that... Uh, the person said it looked like a, a dog, man. It had a head and had big canine ears on it, and it was pretty massive. A dog, man, you know, could be a few different things. People theorize, you know, could be a other dimensional thing, a flesh and blood wolf uh, that's evolving somehow, or uh, any number of things. People, some people think that's Native Native American shamanism practices uh, that are coming back, uh, both good and bad native magic uh doing that uh it's hard to say i did have a dream after this mm-hmm. that did come true okay a premonition i guess it mm-hmm. did come true it did involve ta- telling uh, other team members about the story and uh, their what they said and what they were wearing and the whole setting was exactly the same when it it did play out in real life hmm. so and as uh, if you were the animal looking at them or I shouldn't say no, animal. no, no. I, I, I we were sitting around the campfire and I oh, told okay. them the story of what happened mm-hmm. and then what they had said, what they were wearing, the setting was in my dream. Okay. I had dreamed it before it happened in real life. Oh, okay, yeah, like the premonition dream. Yeah, that's interesting. That you know, and it's funny because once you get into this stuff, the stuff starts getting into you. You know, it's just like anything else, like ghost hunting really UFO stuff, all that. I think it all kind of intertwines where once you start getting into this stuff, it gets into you. Like I just said, and it's, it's amazing that you had a dream like that because that kind of validates that thought. Did you feel like you were having a deja vu moment (laughs) when that happened? Yes, I certainly was. I was a little taken back and freaked out and I didn't tell anyone for a couple of days because I was just, uh, you know, speculating on, you know, what was going on and, you know, so uh, there's definitely been some other things in my life that have possibly been related to that, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. I used to have a bad dream of a wolf in the window that uh, actually does look like what I've seen. But is it all related? Uh, you know, I don't know. But yeah. I, I almost shot a uh, coyote one time, but I chose not to. And it, You know, same kind of colors stuff, but uh, is it all related? I don't know. Hmm. That happened before I'd seen the dog man. Okay. So. Interesting. Now there's all a, the there's same another, areas. There's another theory that Blake had left out on the dog man. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that it is a government scientific 
genetically created and had escaped or been released. So I wanted to throw that as one of the, the theories that are really out there about what the dog man is. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Blake. And that was Chad, everybody. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I was going to just yeah input that, that, yeah, people think that there are uh, not only dog man, but other uh, monster super soldier programs that they're somehow escaping or releasing out there. And uh, some people really believe that. And it could be possible. We have the technology through CRISPR and genetic engineering. Uh, as of now, so mm-hmm. cloning, of course. Yeah, and been going on for years that people don't know about, especially that CRISPR stuff. That's that's crazy to think about that they can actually print out DNA mm-hmm. and make people. I don't know, make things. Um, what other what other cryptids do you think are in Michigan? I mean, I know we know about like lake monsters and stuff like that, but anything else that's kind of out of the ordinary that somebody might might not know about? Little people, uh, stories from the Native Americans mm-hmm. all throughout Michigan. Uh, I have personally seen another entity that I had nicknamed the Stick Man. Okay. Or it, it looks very similar to like the rake and stuff. Uh, no, no magical powers in the encounter, but it was very humanoid like. If you ever seen Gollum from Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was about looked like him except for about seven foot tall. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, he was. Uh, behind a tree, tree peeking actually at me and my friend. And long story short is uh, he kept peeking out and we had noticed him and he keep, he kept peeking out more and more. And I seen his arm, his arm was very long down to his knee and very, very skinny, hmm. abnormally skinny. Yeah. And I called him stick man because you know, you could break that arm over your knee like yeah. a stick. And so, uh, I had, you know, we had went inside, we had told my dad and you know, he went out there and, said he came inside and said he didn't see nothing uh years later he finally revealed that he did in fact see something wow. i was always adamant about seeing it of course and uh he said he went out there and the thing did peek its head out and it finally really revealed itself a lot more than it did to us and he got a really good look at it and he described it as you know maybe like a typical gray alien type of thing but it was completely naked and did just you... a weird humanoid thing you know i Doing my research, you know, after that, uh, there was no creepypasta of the rake. There was no, nothing really to compare it to other than maybe a Wendigo, uh, a goblin type creature, mm-hmm. you no know, ghoul. Natives believe, live out, uh, believe in a lot of spirit stuff. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of paranormal activity did happen in that land, in mm-hmm. the house, oh, a lot yeah. of ghosts and different weird stuff. But, uh, so, yeah, there are, there are other entities and creatures that do roam. Uh, I believe that was a flesh and blood creature, and it definitely... It was weird. Yeah. When you saw that creature, was what was your thought of it? Its presence towards you. So I'm I'm kind of getting at. Did it come across as curious, aggressive? You know, was there any feeling of what emotion it was kind of exuding? Yeah, it was. It was creepy. It was a creepy feeling when okay. we noticed it. You know, it was creepy because the eyes were. Uh, yellowish you know the moon was out but it wasn't glowing by themselves but their eyes seemed a little bit more yellow dark yellowish uh, brown yellowish uh, more than the body of course and uh, my friend is you know really freaking out and he never did come back to that house ever again it was very creepy feeling it was a you know when my dad went out there he said he didn't get no feelings at all about anything you know everything was just a calm mm-hmm. but uh i i feel like the thing definitely could have uh, hurt someone it definitely might have i mean this this thing was out there in the middle of the woods and yeah uh, it it's it, it, it there's other videos out there have you ever seen the fallen angel video of catalina spain hmm. where two people walk, walk up on this humanoid thing it looks very similar to that and there's some other ones where there's a creature that crawls behind some campers and I don't know what they are, but they're definitely out there, and they're, I don't trust them. They look creepy, Yeah, I definitely don't trust them. Yeah, and you don't want them to come up and give you a hug with those long arms. I don't know. Long, sticky arms. No. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> yeah, Chad, so they're showing us what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was just curious if it was coming across as, like, if it was curious about you or if it it felt menacing or, you know, like, so if anybody does encounter something like that, like, you know, what would you 
suggest that they do? Like run, <laughs> try to communicate, um, observe. I, you know, you're just curious. Like if something you come across something. Can I give my opinion, Blake? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I think it depends on each individual. Some people are more in tune to stuff than others. Some people can sense doom. Some people can sense good. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody can. Their their uh, uh, sensory perception isn't open. Uh, their more their their third eye is closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on your individual feeling. Somebody that doesn't believe in it that sees it, they're probably going to run. Right. But somebody like myself or Blake we are most likely going to try to investigate further Mm -hmm. with caution Mm -hmm. and there's always high risk in it. So to recommend anything, what I would recommend is if you see that and you don't know what you're doing out in the woods, go away from it Mm -hmm. because we don't know what they can do, what they're capable of. of. I always thought of it as think of it as you're coming up on a black bear or a, even a deer or that, don't just take off running, you know, don't scream and go running. Just step back, you know, show them that you're not aggressive. Just kind of walk back and like Chad said, just observe, you know, and run. if you run, they're going to chase you, I believe, you know, and if they aren't there to cause harm and you scream and run, you may scare them too. Who knows? But yeah. I hope I never have that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan is so full of Bigfoot encounters and UFO. Dogman. It's dog I think Dogman and Bigfoot are probably pretty close to the amount that we've heard. But we definitely strange story. We were having a garage sale here one time to this was probably what two years ago. Mm, raising gas money to go to the conventions. You know how it is. <laughs> and we had our two 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 stuff out and a guy was like, You guys are into this stuff? We're like yeah, he's like, I had a Bigfoot encounter. And we're like, okay, tell us, you know, tell us. I'm always op- open to hear. Well, where I live in Toledo, about three miles north of here is Lambertville, Michigan. He says back in the 70s, he had an encounter with Bigfoot in Lambertville, Michigan, which is built up now, but back then it was country. And he said that it was him and his buddy, and he ran off. And realized that his buddy wasn't with him. And he turned around and he said his buddy was frozen. He actually had to go up and like shake him a few times. It's almost like uh, like Bigfoot had a tractor beam or something on him. And that that story always stuck in my mind. It's like we wonder if Bigfoot has the capability of doing stuff like that. You know? I mean, what what's your opinion on that? A little bit of experience uh, dealing with that. Chad has can tell his story about being zapped and of course but uh in florida we did a uh, expedition for uh big fat odysseys 168 and uh one of our team members did in fact uh seem to be getting sick and uh falling behind uh on purpose and chad had seen the you know red eyes basically uh watching watching that member um maybe waiting for that member to fall behind we don't we don't really know but hmm. Uh, Chad, why don't you tell them about, you know, your, your, uh, being zapped and uh, a little bit about the Florida incident without spoiling it, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, actually the eyes glow goldish yellow. I'm clairvoyant. I'm very sensitive out there. When I used to hunt and I'd be in my tree stand, if a bird would be there staring at me, I would sense it and look right at it and it'd be staring at me even to the fact of mice looking out of trees. So I'm sensitive like that. So I knew, I knew something was looking at me the whole time. I kept, I had an idea where it was coming from and I kept shining the light and I wasn't getting anything. Uh, There was a cameraman, Blake, and another team member, Josh, that was up in front of me, maybe 70 yards or something. And now Blake, I mean, uh, Dave is falling behind me like 50 to 70 yards. So I'm in the middle. Dave's way back. I know I'm being watched. All of a sudden, Dave says, something's wrong. I don't feel right. I feel sick. I know the feeling, so I know what was happening to him. It's happened to me many a times. And I still knew where it was. So what I did is I took my flashlight and I pointed it up towards uh, the, the three guys in front of us and uh, turned it back really fast. And there they are. There's two 
goldish yellow glowing eyes staring right at where I thought it was. It ducked straight down. Mm-hmm. And I'm yelling, there it is, there it is. And I'm going, well, the cameraman's supposed to chase me. He did. Uh, he, I say he chickened out. He says he did. <laughs> he said he was more worried about Dave when Dave had two, two, me- two team members to take care of him. He wanted nothing to do with it. So I go all the way running up to that tree, and then there's nobody behind me. Well, now I'm not going in. Yeah. Okay, I thought somebody was going to follow me in. I'm mm-hmm. not going in alone. Can I say what it was? No. But I can tell you I know we were being watched. I was being watched, mm-hmm. uh, and I can sense it. So that's that story. We got out of there safe. Yeah, and Dave, uh, Dave was sick. He was sick, and he's not someone to complain or mm-hmm. get like that. Yeah. And just- was, tell us about the the time you guys have, Chad. Which one? The one with Ernie. Uh, they can come in extremes. I don't know if you get immune to them or not, or if it depends on how close you are to it, or if it depends on if there's multiple doing it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I believe it's electromagnetic frequency. Yeah. I find this, you know, the best areas we find are near rivers that are full of minerals, near power mm-hmm. lines. I, I believe power lines are essential. I can't prove that they use this electricity or ley lines to absorb it, but it only makes sense because for them to drain electronics or for them to do that to you, wouldn't it make sense that that would drain them and that they would have to recharge? Yeah. Absolutely. Am I saying this is what it is? No. I'm saying this is a conclusion that I've came to, but I've had it mildly. I've had it really bad to the point I thought I was having a heart attack or a stroke and had to go to the hospital and I didn't tell them what I was doing and what it was because the doctors were thought they said I had an anxiety attack okay I I don't believe that and then my camp gets destroyed because I camp out the night before and uh, have a lot of action and and my dog is not happy noises footsteps something hit my tent my dog just cowering a great name cowering wanting nothing to do with whatever was out there next morning a storm rolled in i packed up everything i could to carry out in one trip mm-hmm. to get out of there i was fine then uh it rained all day i went back the next morning to go get my tent and the rest of the equipment and i get out of the car i start walking and all of a sudden i get hit and with whatever maybe i was having a stroke or heart attack i don't know but ended up in the hospital well, after I got out of the hospital, then I went the following day. I get to my tent. There's an old 1970 Impala back there. It used to be apple orchards. Now it's all big, grown-up, overgrowth and, and trees. The firewall is ripped out of the Impala with the clutch pedals and all that. Ripped right out of it. My tent poles are wrapped around a tree. The whole area is destroyed. Trees broken and everything. And that firewall is laying on top of my tent. Oh, wow. Now you would oh. think somebody did it. Okay, a person? Yeah. No. And yeah. I had several hundred dollars worth of stuff in there. Not equipment stuff, but flashlights. Mm-hmm. Multiple flashlights. I think I had an audio. I don't know. But I had a lot. Of, so if it was a human doing that, they would have took that stuff, right. in my belief. Mm-hmm. And that that was great. And that's not the only time. Yeah. My first time, my first time was in Ohio. And like you say, uh, you talked earlier about warnings. Do they yeah. warn you? I had a huge tree that snapped. It went three times. Crack, crack, crack. Mm-hmm. And then come falling at me, but not to hit me. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, maybe that was a warning. That was in Ohio. Like last year in, in or the year before. Was it last year? Yeah. Was it last year in Nuevo, Blake? We're all sitting around the camp. And on the other side of the river, we hear this huge snap. Well, the next morning, this is about 60, 70 yards away from us. On the other side of this, it's actually a creek, but kind of a large creek. We found it. Freshly broke. Nothing, none of the leaves withered or nothing on it. Fresh break, snapped. 60, 70 yards away, right across from our camp. And what was there, 12 people there? Everybody heard it. Mm-hmm. We went and found it. Blake stood under it. And the break is still six inches. It's like about six foot six high is where the break was. Uh, and we have photos of that. Yeah. Uh, was that a warning? I don't know. Or was it letting us know it was there? I don't know. But we had other interactions or possible. Come mm-hmm. on. I, I mean, I got to be careful here. Yes. Yeah. Possible interactions. We saw stuff on the FLIR. And then we were hearing stuff uh, uh, at, 
over by where the crack was, moving through brush and hearing water. Now, as it was getting louder and closer, the crickets and the frogs were going nuts. All of a sudden, they just went silent and silent for a long time. And now, it's a theory. Yeah. My theory is because they have this elect, they release this elect, this electromagnetic frequency. Certain things are very sensitive that to that. Mm-hmm. Insects, amphibians, uh, would be would be would absorb that and be very sensitive. So maybe it got close. Just a theory got close enough to all the frogs that were just going nuts. The whole woods just went. I'm not kidding. It was yep. noisy. And just went silent mm-hmm. and stayed silent. And we weren't close to it. It wasn't us that made those frogs go quiet mm-hmm. and or whatever else was chirping, crickets, whatever. Because we were totally on the other side of the creek up on top of the hill using the parabolic mic and, and all that. It was interesting, to say the least. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted me to talk about, Blake? Well, the beans after my very. I did. I've been zapped mildly. Okay, I, in the area that that I went to the hospital, months before that, I took a, a member out there for the first time. And I don't think that they liked it because I've been habituating and gifting. And they've gifted me back. They built me a bench in the woods where I sit on the ground wow. every time. They actually snapped a tree in a half and put it on other dead trees. And there's a bench right in front of this like dead nest area. And I believe they did it for me. Yeah, and this this happened overnight when I went and gifted them, uh, but I take I take a team member Ernest Fargo out there, and we're going out there, and I'm taking them into the area where they know they are, where I shouldn't have took them because they don't know him, and I get to go to I'm going to show them where this is, and just out of nowhere, I'm confused, disoriented, don't know where I am, no equilibrium, I'm falling down. Oh trying to get up and falling down and Ernie's like what's, what's wrong he thought my blood sugar crashed I have no blood sugar problems he thought that my sugar had crashed and this is my very first I, I met him at a conference this is my very first time out in the field with him I, I looked at him I said did you drug me he's like no no I said, dude no you drugged me so here I am panicked accusing him of drugging me oh my God. thinking he's gonna kill me because I don't know where I am i have no i mean i'm confused everything that i had told you he ends up carrying me not literally carrying me but me leaning on his shoulder and i fell down multiple times getting out of the woods incredible that is he didn't know how to get out Mm -hmm. the only way we knew how to get out and we get out there and the first thing i do is start screaming yelling help help he drugged me. He's going to kill me. <laughs> I'm paranoid panicked. Yeah. Okay. What caused this? I don't know. Something caused this. Now, this weed whacker guy's freaking out. Okay. Literally freaking out. And Ernie's like, dude, he's going to call the police. We've got to get out of here. He said, I swear I did nothing to you. Hmm. But the further we got away from the area, the more I felt normal. Oh, okay. I can't explain what happened. I can tell you there are major power lines here. Gigantic power lines that run right next to where all this happened there's ley lines there and there's a river full of mineral rocks that are, that's all right there <clears throat> all things that can create uh a mag uh, electro electrical fields yeah sure stray electricity from the power lines uh it's just my belief from what i'm finding it's i can't prove it and i'm not gonna sit here and say this is what it is this is just the easiest conclusion i can come to after thinking about it for the years I've thought about it. Yeah. And, you know, it's famously reported that being too close to electrical magnetic or EMF EMF. can cause serious health problems, hallucinations, Mm -hmm. rashes, Mm -hmm. you know, confusion. So that would make perfect sense if they're drawing that out of you, that you would have some kind of adverse effect. Yeah. Like you said, they're, they're getting their energy somehow. Right. Maybe they're drawing it from humans. Like like when we go ghost hunting, same thing. The, sure. The electronics all go dead. Right. You know? It's, it's so well, that happens to us a lot. Blake, yeah. you go on to that one about that time last year you and I went out where you found that tire. I'm not going to name the road. What happened to your brand new thing? <laughs> I was starting to experience uh, some abnormal uh, video malfunctions on the uh, GoPro. 
uh, in GoPro 7. And basically, video, it wouldn't let me start videos uh, in certain areas, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have experienced uh, batteries being drained, abnormally fast, a power bank being drained. Uh, in a swamp area, you know, with no power lines or anything, wow. uh, only water, of course, but something's happening out there. Yeah. Um, definitely weird paranormal stuff happens in the same areas as Bigfoot. Uh, we don't know if it is Bigfoot, but it's all in the same areas. And so we kind of have to keep a, our eyes and ears out and observe that stuff because yeah. it might be a piece of the Bigfoot puzzle. It might not be, but it's it's something that's happening in the same area, so. And it would be very interesting to do a map of reported sightings, mm -hmm. overlap that with ley lines, and then overlap that with power lines. Because I think you would find that those intersections would all come together yeah. for sure. Now, if I believe it, it adds to just more than just the Bigfoot phenomenon, too. Like mm -hmm. you said, the ghost, all of that, I, 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 I honestly do. And you had said something earlier about Knox, and you think it's... Uh, a warning. Think, it is, I believe. Yeah, I do too. Because yeah. the same day this happened with his malfunction, and uh, not only that, all of his, his files were corrupted. Most of the video wasn't there. Hmm. Uh, we're we're walking out of an area we were checking out, and as we're walking out, one big loud knock. Yeah, I kind of believe they're just. Uh, it's not for us. Mm -hmm. They're letting. They let another one know we were leaving. Yeah, they let. That's what I believe. Mm -hmm. No. Do you have people reaching out to you, um, maybe looking for answers or just validation or wanting to report this information so you guys can investigate that? A little bit of everything, actually. Mm -hmm. Some people just like to tell us their stories. Uh, we had one person who we, uh, you know, he contacted us. And he was very uh, scared of mm -hmm. encountering a Sasquatch and next to his home and Wow. It was banging on its house and stuff. And, you know, of course, he has you know, kids. You know, so we had to give him some advice and go out there. And so, uh, yeah, we are. We actually do have a lot of people contacting us. We put the number out on the live shows. Mm -hmm. And we also have a few Facebook groups that takes reports. And we all uh, condense them together and put them into the database. Uh, Michigan has over 1,600 Bigfoot reports wow. from all the way to, from the 1600s till now. And even farther back with the Native American legends and myths. So. That's amazing. That's a lot. That is a lot. Now, so, you know, there are people that are very interested in this or may have experiences. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are putting on in this summer where people can come and learn more. In about two weeks now. In about <laughs> yeah. That's so exciting. Um, um, yeah, we understand that uh, you're having the Michigan Bigfoot Conference coming up here uh, in a couple weeks. And yeah, it's that's I was looking at the lineup. Oh, yeah, this so is going to be an amazing show for sure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the conference? Yeah, it's the Michigan Bigfoot Conference. It's July 17th. Um, it's at it's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's at the uh, Wyndham. And you can find that at uh, uh, the website, uh, the Michigan Bigfoot Conference dot com. Mm -hmm. um, but it's an all day event it's from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. And basically, we're going to have a bunch of awesome speakers uh, lined up. And we're also have a, doing a little different thing. We also have a paranormal uh, woo room where uh, the more paranormal aspect of things that are happening in the areas of Bigfoot mm -hmm. and the uh, paranormal side of Bigfoot will be discussed and talked about. And so that's a neat uh, neat addition. So we're actually having uh, kind of two conferences at one almost. And so we're, cool. we want to include that side because, again, definitely happens in the same areas and it could be related it could be a piece of the puzzle it could be all related we don't know so let's talk about it and try to uh, evolve our thinking a little bit at least spread the awareness of what's happening to the woods that's you know because that's what we want to do first and foremost is spread awareness so that's why we're putting on the event uh, because we want people to understand that bigfoot isn't in the woods and you should be prepared and know what to do if you ever come across it but not only that if you ever come across some of the more stranger things, maybe you'll have a frame of reference that you can uh, rely upon in those dangerous situations, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have a fantastic lineup. We have uh, Cliff Brackman, of course, from uh, Finding Let Bigfoot. Let me do it. I got it right here in front of me, Blake. 
Blake, I, I got, got the line got right it. in front of me on the fly. You got it? <laughs> Let me see what you missed. Go ahead. Go ahead. We have Cliff Brackman, you know, from Finding a Good Foot, of course, and he uh, has a museum on uh, uh, Oregon. And then we have uh, Igor Botsev from Russia. He's been doing this since 1965, of wow. course. Uh, he's a pretty famous Russian Bigfoot uh, researcher. We have Ken Gerhard, of course. Uh, it's been on TV, of course, a little bit of everything, Missing Alaska, and writes a ton of awesome, amazing books. We have uh, Adam Davies, of course, uh, Monster, uh, Monster Quest, uh, awesome researcher. He's uh, been in the Congo. I mean, real, real crazy environments all over the world. Uh, we have Robert Kreider, who is a uh, awesome Bigfoot researcher. He builds his own equipment, of course, fantastic stuff that we highly recommend and we use ourselves. Uh, we have Jason Kenzie coming, who's a uh, Animal Planet photographer, and uh, we're going to be doing a little documentary, of course, with the help nice. of him. And we also have uh, uh, Janice Carter heading up uh, on the woo side of things, and we have Miranda, the biker ghost chick, young. And we got a, a bunch of local speakers too who are going to be speaking. We have uh, Val Savala, uh, Robert mm-hmm. Daigle, who's a Michigan Bigfoot godfather of mm-hmm. research. He is not as well known as he definitely deserves to be so make sure uh that we're definitely going to be uh spreading that because without him a lot of michigan research would probably be a lot more years behind than what it is so mm-hmm. we have shatan uh, noir who's a uh great lakes uh great lake monster uh, expert actually and she uh, does mm-hmm. actually teach college courses at the uh kellogg community college and some other ones so fantastic person that definitely knows her stuff we have uh, Steve Ward, who is a uh, Mothman guy. He takes actually does take people into the Mothman bunkers and and all the lore and everything else. So it's a wonderful guy to learn about the Mothman. And we have uh, Robin McRae, who's uh, a uh, Michigan uh, born and raised resident who had a uh, very weird and paranormal uh, story of uh, stuff in Michigan. So awesome lineup, and uh, of course we have uh, catering. Uh, definitely going to be having some uh, other activities after everyone speaks, of course. Uh, tons of vendors. We actually have a whole room dedicated to, uh, I would probably say, the third largest cast collection uh, in North America. And that will be on display, so you guys can see a ton of casts and awesome, awesome stuff. And then uh, doing a little bit of special stuff towards the uh, on the night, night side of things that will uh, surprise everyone. So. Mm-hmm. It's just an awesome event. We really hope to meet and greet a lot of people, get reports, and spread the knowledge and awareness of what really happens in the woods of not only Michigan, but North America and beyond. Yeah, no, the... You only missed one, Blake. I'm oh. very good job. <laughs> we have the she-squatches. Oh, she-squatches. I forgot about oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, we always say on the show, you know, that's going to be a great conference and that, but this is going to be an amazing conference. The lineup of speakers that you have, is just phenomenal. Somebody from every aspect of Bigfoot and the paranormal is going to be there. And it's all under one roof, too. It's not like you have to go to different areas and that. It's all there. And every one of them, I know probably 90% of them, are all so approachable. And when you see them at the conference, you can talk to them. You can walk up to them. They're not going to shy away from you or, you know, they're not going to give you the I'm the celebrity type thing. These people are so down to earth and nice and they'll talk to you. And you'll learn, and they'll learn from you too if we if you talk to them. And know? if anybody is um, intimidated about going to a conference, right now is the great is a great time to go because you know everybody's so open. They're willing to teach you. They're willing to listen. You know, some people may be afraid to tell their story. They may you know have never spoken to anyone about it. So it, it would be a great time to be able to come out and and talk to the. Um, you know, the people that are out doing the research and mm-hmm. have, like, the gentleman's been doing it since the 60s. And I think it's amazing to have somebody from another country coming yeah. because, you know, we have all of these people who have investigated the states and, and Michigan and locally and, you know, what is going on in other continents, right? That And to compare that to what goes on here, that's going to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. To hear his story. So are the... How is the setup going to be? Is it going to be like the vendors in one room and then the speakers in another room? Or is it going to be all together? How's that we have a up? giant atrium okay. that where all the vendor is gigantic. Uh-huh. Okay, and we're even talking about having a tarot card reader and a psychic up in the in the VIP area. Oh, cool! 
we don't want these guys on stage long, man. We're, yeah. We want to give them an hour, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, everybody, because we want them at their table for the one-on-one. Yeah. So you can go to them. You can talk to them. You can ask a personal question to them. You might be scared to ask a question in in the conference, uh, but you might get comfortable with them one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not about having them speaking for a long time. It's about having them there and having – people be able to have the access to talk to them one-on-one yeah yeah for sure and that's what makes these conferences so great you know i I, we have actually been to some where we've seen the speakers and then they disappear and we're like where are the speakers at and they're like oh they're in the vip room and it's like wait a minute that's why the people are paying the tickets to get in you know is to be with the speakers and and they have an opportunity at the michigan bigfoot conference to actually do that well, there is no VIP room. There's mm-hmm. no extra special thing. What? Where are we going to be? Where are we going to be? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you get your ticket. You have full access to anybody that you want. We will have security there. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, we definitely will. We'll probably yeah. have a couple uh, police officers there just because these guys are kind of celebrities. Yeah. Yeah, um, Joe. They will have their break security. room to go to, but no. They're yeah. going to be... They're going to be at their vendor tables. You're going to have mm-hmm. to fight all the ladies off of Joe, right? Just beat them off with a Bigfoot stick. I did write that in my rider that I need a specific yeah, yeah. security guard at my table at all times. Yes. And a wingman, right? <laughs> For sure. How about people coming in from out of town? It's the, I know it's at a, at the Wyndham Hotel. Are they having a like a group package deal where people can get special room deals? Or do you have a host hotel other than that? The Wyndham is giving us a discount okay. of seventy two dollars a night. Oh, that's great! And it's a really nice, that's it's a really real nice good. hotel. Uh, so anybody that comes out of town, anybody that wants to come in early, because everybody's going to be here Friday too. Mm-hmm. You can get to meet, get your room. They're going to be setting up vendor tables. Come on a day early. Don't drive in and be all tired at <laughs> right. Exactly. Get there on Friday. Get your room, $72 a night. You do have to tell them the Michigan Bigfoot Conference. Uh, if the hotel sells out, the motel, it, there's one right, I mean, on the park, right across the parking lot. There is also another, uh, I don't know, I doubt they'll give us discount room rates, but uh, yeah, get your rooms and get there Friday. Yeah. I mean, while these guys are, help. It's, it's a little. Ken Gerhard set up his table. Yeah. And talk to him the whole time. That's a little unknown secret about a lot of these conventions is if you get there a night before, everybody's out partying anyways. Right, right. You know, (laughs) but that is a great deal because I did call that hotel to before the interview to find out prices and that. And that's an amazing deal. I'm not going to say how much they told me $200 a night, but (laughs) that was that is a great deal. So make sure when you get your ticket or get your uh, hotel reservation and room make sure you tell them you're there for the Michigan Bigfoot Conference so you can get that deal. And uh, it is a beautiful place. I've been there. Um, I go up to the Ann Arbor area all the time. Yeah, and we're so close. So. I've been there yeah. in that same hotel, and it is a beautiful setting for the conference. Bring the whole family. Yeah. Bring them all to the Bigfoot. Is it, <laughs> it's a family-friendly event, correct? Yeah. Oh, yes, okay. absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Great. Uh, they do have a bar. They do have a restaurant. Um but yeah, like I said, there'll be security and, and all that there. It's, you know, when you walk in the Wyndham, it's uh-huh. like you're almost walking into a jungle, but <laughs> all the trees and stuff that are live trees that they have planted inside, it's really, really cool. And that's perfect spot for Bigfoot. He may be hiding. I, he could be Actually, I, do, I bet you. Oh, we have a Bigfoot. I was going to say, we I bet Bigfoot. you Bigfoot is going to be there. He might make an appearance. Yes. He might be there. He's a country Bigfoot, but he's a Bigfoot. <laughs> I'll leave that to you, Joe. You go ahead. <laughs> I might even bring the alien costume. I don't know. Hey, whatever floats your boat. It's Ann Arbor, right? Yeah. That's pretty. But yeah, it's it's going to be an amazing event. There's going to be a lot of vendors there. There's going to be food there. Are you having any extra drawings or anything like that going on? And like, Yeah, we got a little bit of uh, stuff like that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, might even have a little bit of, but we don't want to reveal too much. We yeah. definitely are uh, having activities uh, after the speakers but yeah we are i believe we do have a raffle going on okay and a few other little special things but it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be a nice uh fun event cozy we've got uh saw the restaurant right there the hotel so plenty of food and mm-hmm. uh, 
Well, that's important. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's very important because Joe and I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> only it, chips. It, uh, yeah. Yeah, we only chips. eat potato chips. Yeah. Out-of-towners that have never been to Ann Arbor don't realize how diverse this little city is and how many different types of restaurants that are just a couple miles away. So if they want to come, they come early or they stay. There's there's so much to do in Ann Arbor. It is really, it's a very well-kept secret. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a great town. And it's a a big little town, right? (laughs) So it's not like... A massive metropolis you won't get lost it's... we're hoping the students are gone by then because if the students are there it's a really busy town yeah. i mean literally for sure no parking if you go to restaurants during you know during mm-hmm. the school year i think you'll yeah. be fine it's july you'll be all right yeah yeah be all right the bigfooters are in town they're gonna we're gonna scare them all away that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right and uh there are bigfoot sightings actually uh all around uh, outside of the Ann Arbor area, uh, through the BFRO and locally and everything else. Uh, Sasquatch and Bigfoot are all over the state of Michigan, so it's not really too hard to uh, go to a spot to find them. Yeah. You would be very surprised how close they get to civilization. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, if anybody's interested, it is the Michigan Bigfoot Conference. It is going to be um, uh, yeah, yeah, da, da, da. July, July 17th. <laughs> there we are, July 17th <laughs> at the Wyndham Garden Hotel, Ann Arbor. It, that is located at 2900 Jackson Avenue in Ann Arbor. Super easy to find right off 94. And, um, like you said, there's all kinds of things to go on besides that. So, when you're coming in on Friday, you got things to do, come hang out. Or, I have a quick question Are yeah? tickets pre sale or at the door? Yep. Uh, uh, both. Okay. Yeah. I believe Thank it's you. Uh, 45 pre-sale and 55 at the door. Great. Is that right, Chad? Yeah. Yes. And kids 14 and under with a paid adult are free. Oh, okay. wonderful. We, we were going all the way up to 14 and under. <laughs> That's great. As long as they behave. Yes. Right. Yes. Nope. I personally will not behave, but I'm an adult, so it's okay. <laughs> and you can find tickets at the website neon. See, well, spell it out. It's N-E-O-N dot L-Y slash M B C T I C K E S E T S dot com. And that's all on the website. If you guys want any information, go to Michigan Bigfoot Conference dot com. Everything's there. And like I said, it we are so looking forward to this conference. It's just the the speakers alone are gonna blow you away. You guys didn't take out any of the stops. I mean, it is just unbelievable that you guys got such a great lineup because These are all people that are either on TV or have their own shows. They're very knowledgeable. They're authors. Anything you want to know and learn, you're going to be able to do it there. Sure. But you also get to meet the lost cryptids. That's That's right. right. That's the most important. The special prize is you get to meet the lost cryptid team. And please take selfies Selfies. with the lost cryptid team and post (laughs) it on their page. So, anyways, thanks a lot, guys. This was so much fun. And you hanging with us. We are uh, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, the show's coming up here in a couple of weeks, folks. So get online, get your tickets, get your hotel reservation, show up Friday night, hang with us. Yeah, come out to the booth. <laughs> On Saturday, now, come let me see say us. Something, and, yeah. Joe. People that are calling for reservations, they call the reservation line and it goes to their corporate, yeah. and the corporate knows nothing okay. and mm-hmm. they don't give you. You have to call directly to that Wyndham. And actually, I don't have the phone number, yeah, but you can, you we'll can get it. We'll put it on our website. Yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll put, put that it on the, the show notes. notes. Yeah. yeah. I, we had vendors trying to rent rooms, and they were like, uh, really? I thought you said 72. I said, it is. It's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And then we figured out what was happening. They yeah. were calling the uh, the corporate number. Okay. When I called there yesterday, I called the front desk, and I said I'd like to find out prices for the weekend in July, and I explained to him, I said, I'm going to be talking about it on the show. We need to know the prices. And she's like, okay, hold on. And then it went right to corporate. It's like, so make sure you tell them not to send you to corporate. And another little tip, I'm going to save you guys a lot of hassle. When you talk to Wyndham Corporate after they you know, talk to you, so make sure you just talk to the, the front desk. But if you ever do talk to Wyndham Corporate, don't let them put you on the sales call after you hang up. 
they put me on there and it's a sales call for the timeshares. Oh, and no. I, I literally had to slam the phone down on this guy. He would not stop talking. So when you call there, just say, I'd like to talk to the front desk, not the corporate about this because you want to get that deal because it is a very nice, very high end hotel. Yes. And you're getting an awesome deal by saying that you're with the Michigan Bigfoot conference. Good so job, Jerry. with that, I want to thank you guys once again. This has been an honor to have you guys on. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks. All right. Well, Chad, Blake, we really appreciate what you do and very excited about the conference. We hope to see you there and that all our listeners, all our millions of listeners, Everybody please show up and, and come out and have a great day. It's in Ann Arbor. It's so easy to get to. But anyhow, thanks, you guys. And thank you all for listening this week. Tune in next week for another amazing show. And uh, hope to see you at the Bigfoot Conference. So everybody get out there, get your tickets, and let's go. Let's go, go, go. And let's leave with a little bit of numb from 60 Second Crush. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>